Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, click the link down below or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Youth Pastor Brian Blackwell as he teaches from the Word of God. Thank you for those 10 people that clapped. I appreciate that. Ah. Mm. Truly, there's joy in the house. His presence is here. Thank you so much for having me today. I look forward to the message that God has laid on my heart. Would you join me quickly in a word of prayer? Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this campus and all that are present here today. Father, that you continue to be with us through this service. Lord, if there's something you need to take from me, I ask, Lord, you would do it right now. We want to speak your truth. We want to know more about you today, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds to receive it. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. In a spirit of prayer, I want to begin today by thanking everyone in this congregation for praying for my family recently. Many of you know that my father had a very severe surgery that he went through, and what made it so severe was that his mother and his brother both passed away from the same surgery post-op. So I'm here to tell you, and to be honest with you this morning, there was a lot of anxiety, there was a lot of nervousness in our household, But when we came and we got loved on by our church family, Monday night prayer service, I know many of you guys were just on our side, anointed him with oil. And I am here to tell you today, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm here to tell you, prayer works. It works. I'm also very honored to say that my father is back in the building today with us for the first time. So here we go. And last thing about prayer is I know it's going to be a good day. You guys either really love me a lot or you don't trust me at all. I've had like 35 people pray for me this morning. (laughs) Including, to my astonishment, once again, somebody in the men's bathroom. (laughs) I've said it before, I'll say it again. You're in the right church when people are not afraid to pray for you in the bathroom. This morning, I want to discuss something very important, sometimes even taboo in the church. I'm not sure why, because it's all from God. We're going to see his word over and over again today. But I want to discuss the health of our finances. I do. I want to talk about both our finances, and I want to talk about River of Life's finances. And we're going to talk about money issues today, debt and tithing. And we're going to do it in a bold way today, I promise you. In the same manner you have heard unity, prayer, discipleship, and obedience preached from this very stage, this very pulpit, you'll hear it today concerning tithing and debt. My message today is quite simply titled, Stop Digging and Test Me. Last Sunday, Brother Derek discussed Christian unity. And he began his teaching by saying, quote, This morning, I want to talk specifically about the need for unity here at River of Life. I'm not saying other churches don't have the need for unity. 
I'm certain they do, is what Derek said. But then he said, this morning, other churches, they are not on my mind. This morning, river of life is on my mind. I I borrow Brother Derek's words and his focus. Man, that touched me last week when you said that. As other churches and their financial state, they're simply not on my mind this morning. This morning, river of life is on my mind. My purpose today is to use the truth, the simple and the powerful truth of God's word to minister to you. You see, as an appointed shepherd within this church, youth pastor or not, that's my role. My purpose today is quite simple. So I have a request, and it's a really simple request. I ask that you listen to me. I ask that you really listen. But most importantly, I want you to hear from God. I desire that the Holy Spirit, he speak directly to you today, and you have an absolute encounter with him today through his truth and through his word. As you'll see throughout my message, God's word, it'll do the speaking and it will do the teaching. In fact, I'm 100% certain I've never used more of God's word ever in a message that I've delivered from here. Honestly and thankfully, my role as a youth pastor here, I have a lot of freedom in what I do. I have freedom in my role as a youth pastor. I'm not micromanaged in any way concerning what I speak and preach on. But the one request I have from the staff, and I know the board feels this as well, The one request they have of me is to preach at the point of attack. The point of attack. I'm going to describe that to you here just a little bit. For example, if alcohol abuse is a current battle within my youth, we need to discuss it. Or if gossip is rearing its ugly head, as it often does, it needs to be addressed. Where the enemy is attacking, you see, as a youth pastor and as their shepherd... I need to present God's word to my flock timely, as soon as possible, in that specific point of attack. Everybody with me? A mentor of mine shared a quote with me from a theologian, Martin Luther, and it summarizes this very notion. It reads, If I profess with loudest voice and clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God except that little point which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, I am not confessing Christ. However, boldly I may be professing Christ. Where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved. And to be steady on all the battlefield beside is mere flight and disgrace if he flinches at that point. How about that? So let's begin. I want to start this morning talking about the point of attack concerning financial debt and the massive amount that is common in today's society, including among us Christians. Romans 13.8 tells us quite simply, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth has fulfilled the law. Proverbs 22.7, one of my favorite, we teach it all the time in financial peace. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. 
Now, to begin, I want to point out that financial debt, you see, it's not a salvation issue. Can we all agree on that? It's not a salvation issue. God loves you regardless of what mistakes you have made. But hear me today, church. I'm going to tell you what debt is. It is a cruel master. It binds you. Debt cripples you. It minimizes the impact you can have for God's kingdom and for his people. That's what debt does. It can impact your sleep, your emotions, your family, your children, your legacy. It is simply something we do not want to get involved in as Christians. I could give you a ton of stats today that depict how sad our nation's state of financial affairs is currently, but you only need one stat. How about this? Roughly 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 80%. We're not immune to that in this building. We're not immune to that in this county. 80% have their income come in, and it goes right out the door. You see, quite simply, and and a lot of my friends I tell this to all the time, I don't care how much you make. You might make $250,000, $300,000. You got a good salary. It is not how much you make. It's how much you get to keep. If you're buried in debt, $300,000 is not going to get you very far. You start to struggle to save, to stay current on bills, and certainly to be able to bless and to give to one another. You see, debt will dominate your life, and consumer debt, it will consume you. One morning you wake up to realize you no longer have just nice things, but that your nice things have you. I mean, that's a fact. Hear me today. That is not the way God intends for his people to live. It simply is not. When I first visited River of Life in 2013, I came on Easter Sunday. First time Michelle and I and Claire walked in the doors here was on Easter Sunday, 2013. And over the next couple of months, we started to hear that the church was very close to becoming debt-free. Like it was a thing. And we got to the point where we felt like, as a church, that the next Sunday service we had would be enough to pay the church off. And after we paid it off and we got that money, we were going to have it. We used to have dinner in here. People would bring food and we would eat in here and celebrate. And I never will forget. It was funny because, like, I was like, "Okay, Michelle, let's let's make sure we dig a little deeper this this Sunday. Let's uh, let's get this thing paid off because that's that was very important to us." And it was funny because Henry said, we're going to pass the offering plates around. Back then, we used to pass it, you know, before COVID. And uh, Henry said, we're going to pass it, and then we're going to count it. And then he said something really funny. He said, if we don't have enough, we're just going to pass it right back out again. (laughs) Hey, thankfully, first time is all it took. First time is all it took. Man, I'm telling you, as a new member At that time, and as a graduate and a teacher of Financial Peace University, I was amazed and I was excited that God had led my family and I to a church that was obedient in worldly finances. I mean, I was amazed. It was a big, big, big deal to me. And I'm telling you what, it should be a big deal to you. It should. Some 14 years later, River of Life remains debt-free. Somebody get excited and say amen. Our next verse comes from Luke 16 11. 
And it says, so if you have not been trustworthy with handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? I like how the New Living Translation reads. It says at the end there, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven if you haven't handled worldly wealth? Hey, I think it seems fitting to follow that verse with this particular one out of Luke. How about this? Blessed rather are those that hear the word of God and they obey it. I can tell you the penny pinchers, the number counters, the staff, and the board here, when it comes to debt and personal finance and doing it the Lord's Lord's way, we hear God's word and we do it. We do it. In fact, I will tell you as a board member, one thing I'll let you in on a little inside trading, if you will, if we are not all, all, all on the same page and one person has a check in their spirit about something, we don't move forward. I can also tell you this, if something ever became available and it was to an issue where we would have to go into debt for something, it would never, ever, ever happen, even if it made it to the table, because there's board members who aren't going to allow us to go back into debt, point blank, period. This week I had the opportunity to meet with Pastor Henry, and I asked him a simple yet very important question. What I asked him was, what do you think would be the first response of people when they learn the fact that River of Life is debt-free and has been for over a decade. I said, Pastor, what do you think they'd say? What do you think he said? I'll tell you what he said. He said, Blackie, I think that they would be shocked. He said, I think they'd be shocked. And then he went on to say, if we cannot afford it here at River of Life, we don't do it. And listen to me, he said, I recommend you do the same for your household. Lately, I've been reading a book. It's called Kingdom Values by the author of Tony Evans. It was a gift given to me by one of you here today. Here's a powerful quote talking about uh, basically what we've just talked about with the church and our stance and what Pastor Henry just said. Here's the quote. When we align under his truth, we reap the benefits and blessings of his rule. When we are not aligned, we walk into the consequences of unwise decisions. That's pretty powerful. Church family, my question would be, if we trust God's word to teach us about heaven, we trust God's word to teach us about salvation and certainly love and certainly forgiveness, why would we not trust his word concerning debt? If you are currently struggling with debt, I mean, you've got an issue going on in your life and you feel trapped and you feel bound and you feel like a slave to the lender, as God's word says, I need you to treat that debt like it's a hole, and I need you to stop digging. The number one rule when you find yourself in a hole is to simply stop digging. Furthermore, I would ask that you would set up a meeting with me, maybe Sarah Starling, our financial administrator, and let's get together, and let's devise a plan. No, 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 better yet, let's devise a godly plan to move you into a place where there is hope and there is freedom. I've been doing this for 25 years of my life. My wife is way better at it than I am, and I am here to tell you we are here to help. We are here to be part of the solution. As I see a young lady that I've helped in the past smile at me right here, we are here to help you. I don't want you ever to take financial advice from broke people ever again.
In addition, I won't, don't want you to ever take financial advice from people that don't love Jesus Christ again. There's a photo we're going to put up on the screen here in just a second. Easter's coming, I get that. Wrongly accused. Mocked. Beaten with the cat of nine tails. Most biblical scholars will tell you 39 times. Spit upon. A crown of thorns mashed deeply into his head. A body spike driven into a rough cross. His side pierced. Struggling to breathe. Death by asphyxiation. I'll show you this photo today. Because I want you to know this. Jesus Christ did not die on this cross and suffer this brutal death for any other reason than to save us from our sins. He did not die so that you could be a slave to anything. He didn't. As you look at this picture, I want you to know, he most certainly didn't die so that you could be a slave to the world and the debt that it wants you in. He doesn't want you to to be a slave to MasterCard, Visa, Home Depot, GMC, Wells Fargo, Victoria's Secret. Well, maybe Victoria's Secret. I don't know. (laughs) You get my point. He did not suffer and die so that you could be a slave to anything, let alone money. And his word is full of guidance and a path of how we should handle our worldly treasures. It's full of it. I want to I make a transition real quick. I want to pivot. And I want to go from talking about debt to now we're going to talk about test me in this, right? We're going to talk about tithing. And one of the reasons I was really excited to give this message is, is, is because I not only get to speak to the elders of the church and the young adults, but man, I get to minister to my youth over here. I get to talk to them about something that's very important to me. And know this as your youth pastor, I am trying to train them up where they are not people that are in debt. And furthermore, they are people that tithe. I want them to be that. I want them to be a functioning member of a church when they grow up and they get out of my shepherd area, my shepherd time. I want them to be part of the solution and not part of the problem when they're 25, 30, 45, 50, serving in a church wherever that may be. So youth today, and maybe even for some of our new members, let's talk about tithing. A tithe is basically a portion of your income. It's 10%. And it is designed to be given to your local church. The word tithe in Hebrew literally means tenth. It means a tenth. First fruits, off the top, to your local church. Malachi 3.10 makes this very apparent. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me. In this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there won't be room enough to store it. Those aren't Blackie's words. They are not. They are God's words. 
and they are true. And I'll say it again here in a second. It's the only section in the Bible where the creator of everything dares you to do something. He dares you to do it. Test me in this. Here's a, pa- here's, a, here's a verse that pastor gave to me as we were meeting the other day. How about this one from Haggai 2.8? The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. Listen, you guys know, man, I went to school to be a professor. I went to school to be a writer. I did not go to seminary. But I can tell you when I read that the silver is mine and the gold is mine, Pastor Blackie, with his sop choppy roots now, what he knows that that means is it's all his anyway, and all means all, and that's all that all can mean. That's what I know. In my research this past week, I found numerous statistics and studies concerning tithing. And they were all very similar in their findings. Are you ready for this, church? On the low end, 75% of Christians... Do not tithe. Three out of four. And on the high end, an estimated 90 percentage of Christians do not tithe. Malachi 3, 8 through 9. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. That sound familiar? Your whole nation. Look at the state of affairs. I'm not going to get into politics, but look at us. The average college student rocks across to grab the diploma, 80 plus thousand dollars in debt before they've even got a job. New car payments are anywhere from five to a thousand dollars. It's hard to believe that nine out of ten Christians missed the opportunity to bless God's kingdom and to be blessed in return. Let's not overlook that. He tells us that he wants to pour out his blessings so much we won't have room enough to store it. That's what he says. But yet we miss the opportunity to be blessed and to bless. The fact of the matter is we fail to test him in this manner. You know, last year, River of Life in, in 2023, I was working with Sarah this past week, and we were looking at some numbers. Just missions alone. That's what I want to talk about today. Okay, just, just missions alone. Out of our church, right, Crawfordville, Florida, $120,000 roughly went to places on the mission field everywhere from Pakistan to uh, here in the county. That's a lot of coin. And it comes from people that know God's word. It comes from people who tithe and give their offerings and are faithful in this. It comes from church members that understand that as a body, we have a bigger thing to do than just sit in this dome and soak and sour. Right? $120,000 to the mission field because of folks just like you. It's a big number. I'll tell you another thing that I really love is these little boxes right here, these little poor boxes. And by the way, this is biblical. We're not calling anybody names here. The, the, these poor boxes, they generated $20,000 last year. 
Now, when these poor boxes come in, a couple of things. If you are a member of River of Life Church, and I, and I can tell you, right? I've been on staff now. I'm on the board. I, I can tell you. I'll tell you the truth. If you are a member here at this church and you have a need, and it comes across my desk, Pastor Chuck's desk, Pastor Henry's, whatever the case may be, we get together, and those funds go out, and they go out ASAP. It doesn't just set in some account and gain interest. This is local community money right here. Membership has its privileges. It does. If you are down on your luck and you're having an issue and your washer and dryer goes out, knock on my door. Knock on my door. Hmm. You know, we're moving into All Saints Ministry. And the goal of All Saints Ministry is for everyone in the congregation to be equipped and ready to do the work of the church and the work of the Lord, right? So that, that, that's where we're migrating. So when I started talking, uh, when I started thinking about All Saints Ministry and I started putting my message together, I decided to ask two very important women in my life why God uses tithing and only tithing as the one area he says, test me in this. So I strongly believe the best place to start was with the woman who is accountable for every check, every online donation, every dollar, every quarter, every dime, and every penny that throws, flows through River of Life. Sarah Starling is our financial administrator, and she is nothing short of amazing, I'm here to tell you. I have seen her shine for God on the mission field in Guatemala. She and her husband, Billy, they have taught financial peace five times, including once to middle and high school students with another financial piece scheduled to begin a month from now on April 3rd. So again, here's the question I asked her. I said, Sarah, how come, in your opinion, God says, test me in this. The only time he does it is with tithing. Here's Sarah's words. Blackie, it's so easy to rely on the world to give back to us, to provide and bless us. But how much more will our Heavenly Father bless us, what Sarah says? She says, I always go back to the birds in Matthew 6. God says, if you think the world gives, just see what I can do. I don't know about you, but that's how I want my financial administrator to talk. Man, all saints ministry, that's powerful. You may not know, but the real MVP of River of Life is a lady by the name of Kathy Eckhart. Kathy is our church housekeeper. She is a faithful member of River of Life. She's awesome. And I can tell you that between Sunday and Wednesday, we have roughly, let's call it 1,000 people attend this church each week, right? Between Sunday and Wednesday. And Kathy has to clean up and tidy up after all of us. Listen to these stats. You ready? She cleans seven buildings by herself. And those seven buildings, are you ready for this? 19 bathrooms she has to clean. I won't tell you how many stalls are in those bathrooms, but it's over 40. She cleans a bunch. And it's funny because on Friday we, we visited and um, she and I were counting up the bathrooms. And she said, wow, that, that's a lot of bathrooms. Maybe I should put a tip jar in a couple of those. <laughs> I asked her the same question I asked Sarah. Here's what River of Life's MVP said. 
Blackie, I think it's because of the value we put on money. You know, the security it appears to give us. Yep, she said, often we put more value on money than we do in God. Again, I don't know about you. That's how I want my housekeeper of the church to respond. God is a God of his word, church. He is incapable of lying. His word is true. Yesterday, today, and for affinity. Our next Bible verse comes from Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. What he's talking about there is an overflow. Man, I'm down for an overflow. I'm down for it. Pour an overflow into my life, into my finances, into my daughter, into my marriage, into my church, into the people that I pastor and shepherd. I want the overflow. Again, here's something else I learned from Brother Derek. The most repeated phrase in God's word is what? It is, do not be afraid. 70 times in the King James translation, 70 times, do not be afraid. My followers, my people is mentioned. And I can tell you as an English guy, I know that repetition is a way to get your attention. Do you think God wants to drive that point, that blessing, that assurance deep into our brain? Of course he does. Do not be afraid. Another passage that pastor gave me, Psalms 37, 25. I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. When you get in line with the way that the Lord has designed for you as a follower of him to handle your finances, his promise to us, he has, his promise to us is we will never have our children begging for bread. We are not beggars. As followers of Christ, we are more than overcomers. We belong to him, and he tells us again, do not be afraid. Another book that a faithful member gave me here is entitled, I Am a Church Member. And it's a book, it's only like 110 pages, and it's got four chapters in it. And basically what it does is it says, okay, if you want to be a functioning member of a church... Here's a biblical way to do it. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, people that just sit and show up and, oh, I didn't like the music today. And, oh, man, I don't like that the pastor uh, did this. Or well, I'm not talking about those. But I'm talking about a biblical church member doing it for the right reasons and getting in the weeds and getting after it. Here's what this book is about. And here's a quote from it. It says, Biblical church membership gives without qualification Biblical membership views tithes and offerings as joyous giving. There are no strings attached. Biblical church membership serves and ministers as a natural way of doing things. Biblical church membership is functioning church membership. I'm getting ready to close. And I want you to understand this. And I think you know my heart on this. But, I, but I, it's worth saying. Please understand, I don't speak to you today concerning, you know, some sort of solicitation, some sort of plea, some sort of begging, some sort of get your act together today. 
It's not my role as a shepherd today. My role is to say, open your eyes. Receive God's truth. There's a better way to do it. After all, he's the one that says, test me in this, not Blackie. I don't want you to miss your blessing. When I first moved to the county, I ministered a lot to a group called Promised Land Lighthouse Ministries, led by my brother down here, Pastor Glenn Hamill. And I don't know what you know about what goes on at Promised Land Lighthouse Ministries, but it is a program in this county that takes in men and women. They have two separate programs for the two. They take in men that are really at their very bottom. A lot of times it's court-ordered. They can go to Pastor Glenn's program, not spend time in jail, get out of jail. It's a six-month program or nine-month program deciding how long you want to stay in. But I would minister to these men. And when I mean they had addiction problems and behavior problems, I'm here to tell you, on a scale of 1 to 10, it was like a 14. I'm not talking about drinking three or four Budweiser's a week. I'm talking about meth. I'm talking about opiates. I'm talking about crack cocaine. Bad, bad stuff. And I'll tell you what, man, I love these dudes. I loved them, and they loved me, and we got together, and we learned about Jesus. And for whatever reason, God used this bald-headed guy from Sop Choppy to minister to these people and love on them. And they were excited when I would see them. And the same is for me. I would often get asked by people who were, again, at rock bottom, Blackie, I'm done. I've got to know that Jesus is real. I've been playing church, right? Anybody, Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've been playing church, and I'm ready to know who Jesus Christ is. Can you give me one thing that is going to allow me to see his face? I want to know if he's real because I'll be real honest, Blackie. I got, I got questions. I got concerns. The first thing I would tell these men, these low lives, the roughest of the rough, is, brother, you need to start tithing. But Blackie, I only make like six, seven bucks a week. You know what I mean? I, my wife's at home. She, she's a greeter at Walmart. We're struggling to even keep... No, no, no. I don't, I don't, you're talking to somebody who doesn't... I didn't go to seminary. I, I don't know. I didn't know God's word really. All I know is that tithing worked in my life, and I'm quite certain it'll work in yours. And that's what I would tell them. They say, money of all things? You just want my money. Yeah, Glenn's doing okay down here. I know he is. He's building churches and a house. And Glenn doesn't need my money. I said, no, Glenn does not need your money. And God does not need your money. But this is a heart. This is a trust issue. My brother, you're down. See if he is who he says he is. If he's not, I was wrong. I cannot tell you how many times those men would come back to me and they would say, man, you are right. You are right. I gave five bucks last week and I got a check from my insurance company said I overpaid $350 last year and now we can make our mortgage payment and we're not going to get evicted. Fact, I would get responses from them that say, man, my wife got a promotion and she's holding the fort down back home while I'm here getting well and I'm learning about Christ over and over and over again. These ruffians of society would tithe and they would be blessed. You know why? Because God's word says, test me in this. In my opinion, tithing It's a faith issue. It's a trust issue. And it's the only part of our pursuit of him that we get to test God 
in his goodness. His word plainly says, do not be afraid. I've got this. Test me and see. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you that your word, it's truth. And your truth sure does have a lot to say about money and how we are to use it and focus it for your glory. Father, thank you that no subject matter embarrasses you, nothing catches you off guard. And Father, that we can have a church, a setting, a house of prayer at River of Life where we can talk about things that might be uncomfortable. Father, the fact of the matter is we want to to know you are who you say you are. Help us to step out, to be bold, to honor you, to receive your blessings and how we handle our worldly wealth so that according to your your word, we can inherit the riches of heaven and we can know what that is truly about. Lord, thank you that you love us despite the mess we make and the mess that we are. Thank you again for the truth of your word and for this time together with my brothers and sisters and a church that knows how to do it the right way. In your name we pray, Lord, amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.